I love my church. You know, the, I was out there in the foyer and somebody said, what is that you're wearing? Does it say, I love the Patriots? I said, no way, man. If I were to get priorities, it would say, I love my God, I love my wife and kids, I love my church. And by the way, I like the Patriots too, but that's okay, that's on the side. I love my church. And you know, God has been so gracious to us as a people here to give us wonderful facilities we have this glorious campus that a lot of people have sacrificed greatly for over many, many years. You drive by the front of the church building, and it says Grace Brethren Church on the sign concerning the building. But friends, the building is not the church. Say it with me. Say it with me. You are the church. You're the church. We are the church. Turn to the person next to you and say, we are the church. Really good. Now turn to a person on the other side of you and say, and say, we are the building of God. Yeah. One more time, turn to somebody else you haven't spoken to yet and say, we are the holy habitation of God. Yes, we are the church. We are Grace Church. We all together are this wonderful entity, this organism, this beautiful thing that Jesus Christ was willing to give his life for. And we're going to have a great time over the next few weeks together kind of unpacking the beauty of being the church. We're going to look at some different things, and Dennis highlighted them just a moment ago. But next week when we get together, we're going to talk about the idea of the church being a committed community of people. Why? Because we can't do life alone. God never intended any of his children to be separated from a local body of believers. Friends, it takes a church to raise a Christian. It does. And so we're going to talk about that next week. The week after that, we're going to talk about how the church is this uh, body who is sacrificially serving. Why? Because saved people serve people. That's what happens. That's what we do. Then we're going to talk about the idea of generous giving, the fact that we cannot outgive God. God was willing to give it all for us and how he calls us to give it all back to him. And then lastly, on February the 14th, that wonderful Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about gospel living, the truth that found people find people to share the good news and love of Jesus Christ with. Friends, look at this. Look at this. We are a sacrificially serving, generously giving, gospel-living, committed community under the lordship of Jesus Christ to the glory of God, reaching our community. Amen? Amen. I love my church. We are going to have so much fun unpacking this over the next number of weeks together. Get all excited about how great God is and how good he has been to us and what he wants to do with us. So we're going to do this in the weeks to come. Today, however, uh, we are going to kind of kick off this series on I Love My Church by doing what I generally do when I reach the anniversary of my coming here to this church called Grace Brethren Church. Uh, on March the 1st, I will reach my third anniversary here at Grace. <laughs> 
I get to admit, I'm glad you're clapping. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, some people are thinking, wow, it's only been three years. Other people are like, oh, gosh, it's been three years. But that's okay. However that all falls out for you, uh, I'm just glad to be here. I have no doubt God's calling upon my life, my family's life, to integrate with you folks and make this body all that God desires it to be. And so, so uh, when I first got here, the first year I was here, the focal point of what I was trying to do was simply to kind of get the lay of the land. You know, getting to know individuals, the people, the leadership, the history of Grace Brethren Church, trying to understand all of that. That was year one. Year two of being here is probably best understood as tweaking and adjustments. Tweaking and adjustments. We were hitting a population in this service where we needed to go to two services. And so we launched our second service around Easter. Uh, be Easter two years ago, this coming Easter. And, and so we started our second service. We put in a first impressions team. We put in a coffee service, a children's church program. And so we've been tweaking and making adjustments as we've been going along. So year one was kind of surveying and understanding the church. Year two was tweaking and making adjustments to the ministry. This past year has been a very long year. It has been a long, hard year. I warned Dennis at the beginning of 2015, Dennis, this is going to be a tough year for us. And the reason is, is because this last year was really a year about trying to fix broken things. Uh, there are things in every church's life that are broken. Uh, some things people just don't want to deal with. Some things are just, you know, hot potatoes. So you kind of put them off to the side and don't worry about them. But this last year was really a year of kind of dealing with some of those things in the life of the church. Uh, this past year, we have defined our relationship between the church and GCA, the school. Uh, this past year, we were seeking greater uh, accountability uh, in the area of our finances, more trans, uh, transparency in the area of our finances, so we hired an outside accounting firm. This past year, we gave full responsibility to a church plant that this church actually planted 15 years ago in the Eastern Shore. It's called Midshore Community Church. For 15 years, it's been under our incorporation. This past year, they finally incorporated themselves, so they're now a separate entity from the Grace Brethren Church entity itself. So some of these are macro things that have just been undone that needed to get done. And then in the midst of all of that, uh, we also had some transitions going on this past year. Uh, our youth pastor, Brian Colligan, and his wife, Janelle, who was our secretary, took a ministry calling down in Dallas, Texas. By the way, they're doing great. Continue to pray for them. They are godly young people. They love the Lord, and God is going to use them greatly. But we had a vacuum, and so lovely, people stepped up into some of those needs and have filled those needs wonderfully. Uh, we also have taken on a new uh, staff member in Courtney Charest, whose gift is writing and singing, and so she is now our communications director, and she oversees our second worship service. And so there's been a year of, of adjustments, year of changes, a year of dealing with some of the things that have been undealt with. <sighs> All I can say is I'm glad 2015's done. We are about to really get into 2016. And all of it, all of it, the surveying and understanding, the tweaking and adjustments, the repairing and the transitions, all of it was designed to get us to where we are right now. For the first time since I have been here, it is now time for us to start to build this ministry for the future. We are now going to start to build 
the infrastructure. We're going to start to work even part of the facility. We're going to start working toward the community. We're going to start really trying to position this church to have the impact that God desires this church to have in this part of his kingdom. And so I'm going to share with you in the next few minutes some of the vision that we have looking toward this coming year. Some of it will be realized in this year. Some of it will be, merely be plans that we will execute in years to come. So there's a lot here. I simply want to say this. On Monday night this past week, uh, we got together for the first time with a council. The church council is the governing body here at Grace. We got together uh, for the first time this new year, welcomed some new members to the council. And last Monday night, they also gave uh, four initiatives. They, they, if you will, issued forth uh, four subcommittees of the council. They are working teams. Each one is chaired by a member of the council. And the goal of each of these groups is to make plans and recommendations to the council in various areas of the church's life. And then ultimately, it will all come back to you because you are the church for inputs and information and ultimately a couple areas will require votes. So all of this has been kind of put forward to this point. And if I could kind of give you big headings under which I will kind of break out where we're going, I would simply give you these headings. This is the reason for the existence of the church. We exist to worship the living God, to grow God's people, and to reach the lost. That's why the church exists. So I want to unpack for you how we're going to be building in these different areas. We're going to be building bridges into our neighborhoods and our community. We're going to be building believers, and we're actually going to seek to rebuild part of our building. You ready? There's going to be a ton of information. Don't feel like you have to digest it all at the beginning. We actually have a special day planned for you to get further information and to give uh, questions and kind of follow through with this. So let's begin with worship. Under the area of worship, we need to be rebuilding some of our buildings. Now, I went out of my way to say that the church is not the building, amen? But to be a good steward of the resources that God has blessed us with, we do need to take good care of what God has given to us. And part of that involves this facility, this space in particular. So I am pleased to say that we have one of the council members who is over the property area, a man by the name of Charlie Brown. Charlie, where are you? Raise your hand. There he is. Stand up. This is a wonderful man of God. He has been here for many years. And uh, Charlie is going to be what we are calling our sanctuary renewal team. What you are sitting in right now, this area was built uh, back in the late 80s. This section was remodeled and this part was added in 1995. What year is it? 2016, how many years has it been since this has been built? 21 years which is really quite outstanding when you look at the carpet and realize that six days a week, this facility is used very, very heavily between the church and the school. All of these chairs were originally purchased for that 21 years ago, and there are little bottoms that sit in these chairs all throughout the week from the Christian school. 
So this facility has been worn and torn and abused and used for 21 years. The carpet needs to be replaced. It's time. The chairs need to be replaced. It is time. But, but not just the things you can visually see and touch, but actually the infrastructure that lies behind much of what we do in this space actually needs to be reworked. Uh, our lighting system in this part of the building is not only antiquated, but the company that put it in went out of business, and the company that actually created the hardware is no longer. In a closet right back here, are, these are the dimmer packs that actually control the, the levels of lighting that, that are in this space. These dimmer packs, you can no longer buy parts for. The only way we can get parts is by buying them used from places that tear the old ones out and put them on the market as used pieces. So we've bought a few used pieces over the years, trying to make them keep going, and they keep going. Every once in a while, they flip out, and we have to reload software. Uh, but they do not have the ability to keep on going. There is a board up in the sound booth area that is a lighting board. Every once in a while, it freaks out, and we have to reset the board, reload all of the software in order for it all to ultimately function. It's happening with more frequency lately. Uh, the reality is everything has a useful life, and this is getting towards the very end of its useful life. Uh, we also have these architectural um, switches on the walls, yeah, right there by the door and back by the other door. And uh, as you can see, they're worn and torn uh, for 20 years of pushing these buttons. Uh, and you can't buy these anymore. They are now obsolete. And so we are sitting in a, a facility that's largely run down and getting obsolete. By the way, do you know what happens when you press number four? No. <laughs> Just a sec. When you press number four on these, these control pads, it turns on 17 chandeliers. 15 uh, of these sconces, it turns on 38 hi-hats. By the time you add up all of the wattage, when you push number four, 13,000 watts come on in this one space of incandescent light. Do you know what incandescent light is? It's heat. It's heat. So we're pumping in 13,000 watts of heat every time we bring the lights fixtures on in this room, which means, apart from this time of the year, most of the rest of the year, the air conditioner actually has to come on to control the environment that we are heating with light. Does that sound efficient to you? Not terribly. And the good part, or the bad part is, is the air conditioning now, it's a train, nothing runs like a train, but the air conditioners now are 20 years old and they likewise, they no longer make parts for them, they no longer meet code, which means the only thing we can do with them is replace them. So what I'm trying to say is this. Uh, we have enjoyed this space for over 20 years, uh, but this space is now becoming obsolete, and most of the backbone behind this area has to be ultimately worked and replaced because it's coming to the end of its useful life. And, you know, by the time we get new lighting, if you will, it's more energy efficient. By the time we get high-efficiency air conditioning units, it will help to actually cut back on the power consumption of this facility. We, depending on the time of the year, average somewhere between seven and $10,000 a month in electricity usage in this facility. That's a lot of money. Anything we can to save money in that area is a really good thing. So all of that to say is that much of the area has become obsolete, 
And none of it can be replaced by just simply replacing the parts in their place. They actually have to be updated and upgraded. So let's move beyond that, though. Let's talk about the stuff we can taste and see and smell and enjoy. Let's talk about this space. We're talking about, basically, uh, Charlie's charter for this team is to rework the space in the foyer through the bathrooms. And the women said, yes. We're talking about redoing all the tile and redoing the fixtures, creating a more uh, up-to-date facility for the bathrooms. And the goal would be that it would come into this space likewise, and that we would upgrade the carpet, upgrade the chairs, and make this space very much usable. The goal is not simply to, to swap out um, house lighting, but also to get stage lighting that will actually work far better than what we have here. And the goal also, one of my goals, is to be able to have enough front lighting that we can actually use video, that we can capture Sunday mornings here, that we can put it up on the web so if you miss a Sunday, you don't miss anything. Because much of what we do here is visual. And if you've listened to the audio, you miss a lot of what is trying to be conveyed. So that's part of what we're talking about. The goal is to put in acoustical treatment so that the room is not nearly as loud and, and bouncy with sound, but it will actually be much easier to listen in this space. So what we're talking about is a reworking from where you walk through those doors, through the foyer, into this section. Charlie's going to look into that. He's going to consider what that means, what that might cost, and he's going to bring these plans back to council, and obviously they'll all come back to you because ultimately, you are the church, and we're the ones that have to make decisions on this. So this is one of the areas that we're kind of moving forward in. It's time. It's actually past time. I don't know what the uh, end result is ultimately going to look like. You know, is, it's going to be fresh. It's going to be clean. It's going to be bright. Uh, <clears throat> who knows how it's ultimately going to look. I doubt it's going to look like this. Just because I don't think that's possible. But let me just say this. Up until we painted the Williamsburg blue out of this room, driving by this church, you thought you drove by a 1970s structure, because that's the style in all 1970s. If you actually came in and parked in the parking lot and walked into the facility, and if you walked into the space, it dropped back to the 1770s, didn't it? It's Williamsburg blue with chandeliers. And so the reality is, we only seem to do this makeover about once every how many years? 20 years. So what we need to do is actually kind of bring it up to the 21st century to some degree, because in 20 years from now, we don't want to be so far behind that it no longer is, is workable. So Charlie is leading this team. He's actually going to call some of you to be on his team. If he hasn't done so already, he will. Um, the goal is that we ultimately we all have input. I want to give you the assurance. Everybody will have input, but some people will actually be on that team. Uh, so, uh, what we'll do is I will leave all your questions for right now, and I will give you an opportunity later to actually ask some of those questions, but just not in this forum. All right, next. We are going to move forward in the area of discipleship. Our goal is to be building believers. Again, friends, this is why we're here. Uh, the great commission that Jesus Christ gave to his <clears throat> original apostles is still the commission that's given to the church today. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. That original commission is our mission. And the way we put it is to live in love like Jesus and help others do the same. And so this is 
part and parcel of what we do. It's why we're here, is to grow God's people to look more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. And so we have an individual off council who is going to be overseeing this area uh, as well. And he happens to be this guy. He looks scared there, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I, I get the privilege of leading this team, and I really wanted to lead this team because this is why I, I do what I do, why I wake up in the morning, why I keep on going, is because I want to see people know Jesus, love Jesus, serve Jesus, become like Jesus. And so this is my passion. And so what we're ultimately going to seek to do on this team that I get to lead, and by the way, I have yet to approach some individuals. I am coming. Just a warning, I am coming, and I'm going to tap you on the shoulder and ask you to serve. These teams are short-lived teams. They're only going to serve for two months, just two months. Then they will give their final uh, recommendations, and then they will be done. They will be disbanded. So I just want to give you that encouragement. They will not be forever teams, you know. Hey, you're in the nursery. Awesome. Till Jesus comes, right? No, 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 no. That's not the goal here. The goal is to get you on a team to serve hard and to think well and to give uh, recommendations, then we're done. So, uh, so the team that I'm going to be building, uh, I will approach some of you concerning. Uh, but our goal is simply this. Um, how do we make disciples? How do we create the environment for people to become like Jesus? And uh, we have this statement that I want us to flesh out and actually put uh, um, context to. And it's simply this, worship plus two, worship plus two. It is our belief that if you are going to have the, the heart, the head, and the hands of Jesus, if you're going to become like Jesus, then you need to engage in these environments. Everyone, all of us, should be engaged in one 75-minute worship service, either at the 9 o'clock hour, as you are now, or at the 1045 hour, as others will be engaged in a little bit. Everybody needs that for the heart of Christ. These are meant to inspire and to encourage and to challenge our hearts to grow in, the, in desire for Jesus Christ. That's what worship's about. But beyond worship is the plus two. And that is what we would call one grace group and one area of service in the life of the church. Now, a grace group is simply a small group, a study group, or a support group. Those groups are designed to get us in community around the Word of God so that we can grow the head of Christ, that we can be challenged with our thoughts and the renewing of our minds, and then ultimately an area of service so that we can have the hands of Christ. Every body of Christ has all that it needs contained within it to become vital in living. The question is, are we connecting you appropriately to where you can do that? And that's what I want to work with this team doing is I want to try and make the best grace groups, the best areas of service, and help you find ways to get connected in these so that you don't miss any opportunities to ultimately make this body as healthy as it can be. So my mandate uh, uh, that I will be giving back to council is simply this. Uh, we are going to create a plan for grace to provide intentional environments for growth and Christlikeness. And we're going to assess ministries. We're going to continue to... Uh, look at various tools. Uh, we're going to train leaders, how to connect people into ministries, system structures, all that good stuff. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Because this is what Jesus is all about. This is what the mission of God is in our world. So this is uh, building our, rebuilding our buildings. We've got a team working on that. Building believers, we've got a team working on that. Now let me move you into the third area, and this is the area of Outreach. Outreach. Building bridges toward our neighbors and our community. Building bridges from us to them. And this is the area of our vision statement. The other was our mission statement. 
building believers, our um, vision statement is on the other wall behind you. It is to reach the world for Jesus Christ from Waldorf. Good, good statement, eh? Good statement? It's too great. Literally. It's too great. It's absolutely unachievable. It's too nebulous. It's not personal enough. So, we have a group that is going to be working in this area. It is led by the leader on our council in the area of outreach. His name is Eric Jones. Eric Jones is going to be reaching out to his team, building his team, and this team has a directive. And their directive is simply this, create a plan for grace to reach our neighbors and our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do many good things, many good things. This is our um, Trunks of Trees Community Night or Candy Town. This is our yard sale to raise money to help lifestyles. We do VBS, we do many different things. They are going to assess what we do, make recommendations how to make them better outreach opportunities. And they're also gonna say what else we think we need to be doing in the near future in order to engage with our community. I have also added to their list a desire to rework the present vision statement. Because again, I think it's too nebulous. I think it's too general. My recommendation, and I don't know exactly where they're gonna wind up with this, would be something more like this. Reaching our neighbors and impacting our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you see the difference between those two statements? See, reaching the world with Jesus Christ is like, woohoo! We support missionaries, right? We do, right? Awesome. But that's not personal. But when you say reaching our neighbor, how many have a neighbor? Uh, you better raise your hand. <laughs> Y'all got a neighbor. Now all of a sudden it becomes personal. And then the goal is then that we would impact our world, whatever sphere of influence we have with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the goal is to take the vision and make it personal and achievable. And that's kind of where we need to be moving as a church is we seek to build bridges toward our community. So Eric Jones is going to oversee this area uh, as we continue to work uh, towards the future, trying to understand exactly what is the best way to reach out uh, to our community around us. So rebuilding our buildings in the area of worship, building believers in the area of discipleship built around our mission statement, uh, building bridges to our neighbors and our community uh, based around our vision statement. How you doing? Are you keeping up? Is this a lot to digest? It's going to be more. Just wait a minute. One more area. One more area. And this, likewise, is under the area of outreach. It is continuing to build bridges towards our neighbors and our communities, and it deals with trying to give us the best face we can toward our community. This is our sign out front here, and uh, the school put it in. They did an awesome job. Thank you, school. Uh, it's a lovely sign. We try to use it as best we can. How many have noticed the have a happy day, have a great day on the sign? Isn't that cool? I, I put that up. I just thought it was pleasant. You know, as people drive by, you can't help but get a smile out of them. And if they have that kind of impression as they drive by this facility, never really stopping in, that's not a bad thing, is it? I don't think so. Uh, but that sign is going to be used for many, many things, and it has been. Um, but the challenge is this. We love the church. We love our church. We love each other. We find this to be a wonderful place to be. The problem is most people outside of us don't know much about us. 
and what they know is based upon the sign that they drive by. And so we are going to task the chairman of the congregation, his name is Jack Sopp, uh, with one more team, and this is under the area of outreach, building bridges to our neighbors and our community, and his team is called what? Yeah. Ooh, all of a sudden the temperature went... <laughs> you know, um, you don't have to fret. Uh, the truth of the matter is this. We are pleased to be a part of a wonderful fellowship of churches. Actually, there's only 260 churches in the United States that come under the umbrella of the Grace Brethren Fellowship of Churches. Great, great group of folk. Uh, we have some brothers and sister churches just down the road. Most of them all came out of the same church up in Temple Hills. We have this wonderful affiliation of great people. We love each other dearly. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is this. The term brethren is an archaic term that relates to our deep history and past, and most people don't know what it really means. Now, I'm gonna grab a handheld mic, and I'm gonna walk down in amongst each and every one of you and ask you, what does the word grace brethren really mean? How, what's your comfort level right now? Most of us don't know what it means, but this much we know, it's us. We're good with us, right? I love my church, right? This is good. It's good for us. But for most people outside of us, all they know is the name. And the name doesn't mean anything to most people. Um, Eric Jones and I went over to the mall Thursday night. And I wore my shirt. And I walked around the mall in the food court area. And I walked up to people. And I said, can I ask you just one question? Most people were like, yeah, OK. Um, I love my church. I pastor a church in the Waldorf area. My name is Bill Walker, and uh, I just have a simple question to ask you. What is, uh, I told him it's a Grace Brethren Church over on Route 5. I gave him directions and everything, so maybe some of you are here. Is anybody here today because I would talk to you at the mall? If you are, come up and see me. Uh, but, the, but the reality is this. I asked what does the word brethren mean to you? And you know, some of the thoughts were pleasant and good, but they don't mean what the word means. One person, one dear woman was sitting in the food court, and, and I, I said this to her, and she said, I, I think of family. Family's good. I, I think of my brothers who both died this past year. And I, I oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to bring that, that imagery up to your mind. I, I'm, I'm sorry. So we, we loved on her a little bit and told her if there's anything we can do, we'd be happy to help. Walked around and asked other people. One guy said, it sounds like a brotherhood. Yeah, except it includes womanhood too, yeah. So, but you see, everybody has an idea but that's not what the word means. The word actually goes back to Germany around Alexander Mack, a guy who kind of broke away from the German Baptists a little bit, kind of side more with the Anabaptist movement, and ultimately came to America in Pennsylvania in the movement spread from there. So that's a historical word. It's a good word. We're connected to a great group of people. But I want you to understand, for most people, they don't know what that means. You didn't even know what that meant. And so rather than having a nebulous term that people are going to inform with their own experience, wouldn't it be wiser to actually put something out there that is clearer and more specific? Right now, 260 churches make up the Fellowship of Grace Brethren Churches in the United States of America. 100 out of those 260 churches do not have the name Brethren in their names, but they're still part of the fellowship. Every new church plant is choosing not to use the term brethren in their name because it's archaic and it doesn't have any meaning to the people today. 
Um, right now in Grace in, in Canada, Canada has a group of churches, quite frankly, that this church chose to launch a bunch of guys up there. They've now started five or six churches in Canada. And so they have this umbrella organization. It is the Fellowship of Grace Brethren Churches Canada. Awesome. They just changed the name. It is now the Fellowship of Grace in Canada. Even the name over the overarching group of churches has removed the name Brethren. They're changing it in the United States as well. So they're actually pulling out Grace Brethren, uh, Fellowship of Grace Brethren Churches USA. They're now actively working on pulling the word brethren out because it doesn't communicate anymore what it originally intended to communicate. It doesn't, it's not clear to people. All of that to say this, Pastor Jeff Thornley, the founder of this church, a wonderful man of God, an intense leader who built much of this ministry that you see around you, himself was seeking at one point to have the name of the church changed because he knew it wasn't the best face toward our community. We love us. We don't have an issue with the name. We're here, right? But this is about outreach. This is about our neighbors. I still remember doing a funeral. <clears throat> it was down at Lee's funeral home. And I was standing there and, and uh, the gentleman, and I won't, I won't clarify the details here, but the gentleman worked for OSI. So there was all kinds of government officials there. And I was standing there and I stepped up to do the funeral and I introduced myself. Hello, my name is Bill Walker. I'm the pastor of the family. I serve at the Grace Brethren Church. The moment the word brethren fell off my lips, I thought to myself, there's nobody here who has a category of understanding that that actually fell into. Everybody's sitting there saying, what's that? What's that? You see, I want to be able to say, this is who we are without having to explain it or without having a fear factor connected to it. Does that make sense? I just think as we look to the future, as we seek to move forward as a church, we shouldn't allow a, a hurdle to be at the front door for some people. I'm not saying everybody has an issue, but for some it does. Should we not then remove the hurdle to make it easier for people to say, hey, let me check them out, and let me see if what God is doing in their midst. <sighs> a lot of information, a lot of things. Jack Sup is going to tap a few people on the shoulder, and he's going to say, hey, would you come on my team? What we're going to do is we're going to talk about why we think we might change the name, what we think the name change might be, and why. He's going to analyze that. He's going to bring recommendations back to council. Ultimately, everybody here, uh, members here, get to vote on it. I mean, we can't change anything like that without a vote. So I'm, I'm trying to say this. We're moving forward. But we are the church, and ultimately, we all have to give inputs and information and, and get in on uh, this together. So um, right now, I'm tempted to ask for a show of hands, but uh, uh, I'll let this kind of soak in a little bit. Uh, I'll let this kind of get into your, your, your thinking a little bit. I want to invite you to pray about it. Um, what could the future of the name be? I don't know. Uh, could it be Grace Church? I don't know. Could it be, could it be Grace, come on, Grace Community Church, or Grace Life Church, or Grace Point Church, or on and on and on and on it goes. Um, hey guys, can you help me out? We're stuck on Grace Life, I'm sorry, that seems to be God's will, so we'll just go with that. No, 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 we won't do it that way. We'll, we'll put it in a hat and pull it out. Oh, here we go. No, we won't do that. We will honestly pray about it. We'll give it real thought. We will move forward in a very thoughtful way. Hey, guys, can you, have I got it? Have I got it? I still don't have it. Oh, there we go. 
All right, what I want to do here, well, let's go there. Technology, you got to love it or hate it. I want to give you some opportunities to be engaged. I want to show you where you can step into the process. If you're not on one of the teams, don't feel bad. Maybe you'll feel good, I don't know. Uh, but don't feel bad because there's lots of opportunities for you to be engaged. This is a church-wide process that we're talking about. So what I want to say is this, this coming Saturday, this coming Saturday morning at nine o'clock, we are having the first of what we're calling Builders Breakfasts. Builders Breakfasts. This coming Sunday, or Saturday at nine o'clock, down in the fellowship hall, the gymnasium, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce to you the teams, the leads and the teams. I know we have, uh, we have uh, the, the thing working as well. I'm aware of that. So uh, what we're going to do is introduce teams, their projects, their timelines, and if we need additional members on teams, we'll invite those who are present to join a team. But this is all informational to clarify where I've been going today because I just downloaded a bunch of stuff on you. So that's the first one. Another one, after you've had that opportunity and we have gone away and we've done some of our work, the goal is on about a month out, February 27th, uh, we're, our goal is to have a second one of these builders' breakfasts. And depending on the size and the number of people, we'll choose the location. Uh, but that's, this is for inputs. We're going to give you what we've come up with at this point in the area of the building, in the area of, of uh, uh, discipleship, in the area of outreach, in the area of name change. We're going to give you the information that we have, and we want your inputs back. What do you think? How does this sound? What does this look like? What do you think? And so we want to take those inputs, and then we're going to take those inputs and incorporate them into where we're at, and then the goal would be, and this is a fairly compressed time schedule, the goal would be on March the 20th, which is Palm Sunday, in the evening, we as a church have a habit of celebrating communion, the full communion, the upper room. We are going to break bread in this space. We're going to eat the, the Lord's uh, body and blood. We're going to partake of the Lord's table. And then we are going to have inputs. And then there's going to be the need for a couple of votes. On one level, we're going to need to vote whether or not we want to finance the changes of this space. That's over and above budget. We'll have to make that decision together as a group. The second thing we'll need to vote on is the name change. Do we like it? Don't we like it? Are we going to move there? Aren't we going to move there? So we will be voting on those two. That's for members. So the goal is we would take all this information, dwell on it, um, and the groups will be working in this space. We will give you the outputs. You'll give us inputs. We will incorporate those. And the goal is by that evening, uh, the week before Easter, we will bring closure to these groups. But that's just the beginning because now we have to implement from there forward. <sighs> Do you like my shirt? We will have one of every size available at the Builder's Breakfast this coming Saturday. They're $6.99 a piece. Uh, you're more than welcome to order your own shirt. I've discovered if you walk around the community, it's amazing what people will say, well, what church do you go to? Isn't it kind of good that actually the name isn't on it right now? Because it actually asks people to say, well, where do you go? Oh, well, let me tell you. You say, well, I don't even know the name of my church anymore, right? <laughs> don't fret about that. We're walking a path. We'll figure out what God wants along the way, amen? I'm going to pray for us. Praise team is going to come up and close us with a number. And uh, there's a lot to chew on. But this much I just want to assure you. Jesus Christ is Lord. 
The church belongs to him, and we are simply walking in these steps behind him as he leads us. So let me pray for us, and then uh, we will close with a song. Father God, I give you thanks right now uh, for your kindness to us as a people. Uh, Lord, we are the, the body of Christ here. We are the church. We are Grace Brethren Church. We are Grace Church. And I just pray, Lord, that all that's been said this morning, the Holy Spirit would take and use it in our midst for good, and that you would continue to give us one heart, one mind, one soul in these matters. Please, Father, do not allow the evil one to create any um, division or, or gossip or any hindrance to the body. May we walk in humility, submission to the mission of Christ. I ask you, Father, for these things, for your glory, in the name of your Son, Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you. If you would please stand with us.